Have thine own way, Lord. You are the part of Father God. We are the clay. Mold us and make us, Father God, that we can commit ourselves, submit ourselves to your will and your way. Let us die to self, Father God, that your spirit may take full course in our lives, moment by moment, Father God, in every situation, every atmosphere, every environment, that your light will shine through us, that people can be encouraged to want to seek you for themselves and serve you, Father, which is in heaven. Have your way through this message, God. Let it come with such power, anointing, discernment, and confirmation that we go beyond being a hearer, but being a doer of your word. Accept this prayer, spirit, and truth as a sweet-smelling Savior, bringing honor, glory, and reverence to your name. Let this mind in us be also the mind which was in you, Father. Now let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. You are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. And all those who love you in spirit and in truth will say amen. God is greater than discouragement. Do you believe that? Do you really, really believe that God is greater than discouragement? One of the most powerful tools that the enemy uses, and I've said it often before, is sight. That's one of his most powerful tools. Why does the enemy use that tool so often? Because he knows he's not omniscient. He knows that he's not all-powerful. He knows that he's not omnipresent um, everywhere at the same time. He knows he's not omniscient, all-knowing. He knows that. So he takes advantage of what he has, and that's sight. Still, even though he takes advantage of what he has, God has an answer for everything too. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. The enemy knows that sight alone can be very effective in discouraging us. Let me give you an example that we all can attest to. If the truth be told, at times, you are discouraged with our membership that we have here, with the little people we have. If the truth be told, at times, you have, may have been discouraged of us possibly going to build on that land. Well, we've been saying that for years, and we don't have a, a brick on it. Sometimes that comes to um, your mind. Also, there have been times where you have been discouraged to not bring your own praise to this atmosphere setting. And then it challenged your faith when by sight it appears that upward mobility is not there. When it seems as if God is not answering your prayers. 
But here again, God has an answer. Acts 2 and 47 says, And God asked to the church how often? Daily, as such, should be what? Saved. He asked to the church daily, as such, to be what? Saved. If they ain't saved, do you want him in the house? Do you want him here? If they ain't saved? God said he's going to add those that such be what? Saved. Ain't that what you want here? If, you, if you're asking God to be in his presence forever? If we truly meditate on the truth that God is in control, those attempts to be discouraged by the enemy will go away quicker. However, he will come back. But we must always, in spirit and in truth, Use God's word for encouragement. Amen? If you believe God's word is true. Matthew 18 and 20 says, For where two or three have gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Sure, we should desire for all to be saved. And do our part to testify, do our part to that our light shall shine before men that they may see our good works to glorify our Father in heaven. Do our part to witness. But with all of that, if we fall into two or three to gather together in my name and I'm in the midst of them, shouldn't that be enough? Who else you want to be here besides Jesus? If a thousand are here and he's not here, who wants to be there? But if he is here with two or three, he's in the midst, what's the problem? What's the discouragement? Are we walking by sight or are we walking by the word of God and faith? Do we need large numbers in order to enter his course with thanksgiving and praise on our lips. If the church was packed from here to the door, would you clap more? Would you sing more? Would you pray more? Is it a different God if it was packed from here to there? Or is he the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? If you look throughout the Bible, there are many times where a remnant is spoken. And where we are reminded that Christ is a personal Savior. Why do you think so? Why do you think so? Because God didn't want sight to discourage you. Or let people determine your submission, your commitment, and your dedication to him. Because when you die... Who's going to stand beside you? Is it going to be your spouse? Is it going to be your friend? Is it going to be your children? Is it going to be your boss? Or is it going to be you? It's going to be you standing alone. So you have to be the one now to not allow those things to discourage you from worshiping him in spirit and in truth. 1 Peter 3 and 15 says, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Are we sanctifying God in our hearts? 
and be ready to give an answer to what? Every man that asks you a reason of hope that is within you with meekness and fear. He said, be able to give an answer that's within who? That's within you, personal Savior, individually. You got to know why you're here. You got to know what's your contribution to God's one church through Sound Doctor Ministry. Amen? You got to be able to give an answer why you say you are a Christian and why you believe in who God is, who Jesus is, what they said, and what they promised. He said to host that within you, not within your spouse, not within your friends, not within your job, but the hope that is within who? You. You got to be able to give that account and answer. 1 Samuel 1.10 says, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. See, Hannah could not have children. Which is already depressing enough. And it often gives into discouragement. But not only that, she also had to share her husband. Some of y'all cringe just thinking about that, didn't you? Your hair stuck up on you. And now you know how discouraging. That would be if not only you couldn't bear children, but they had to share your spouse. Yes, in the midst, in the midst of all of that, what did Hannah do? She prayed. She didn't lean on her own understanding, which would have resulted in her lying with someone else probably, with her plotting possibly to kill the woman or her husband or given to much anger, but she what? Prayed. See, we have to go to a rock that's higher than we are when discouragement seems to try to slip in. When discouragement try to come in and say, your church is not growing. Look at Corey Jones Church, just started, parking lot packed. Y'all ain't growing. God is not here. Look at Saving Faith, a few members. Look at Mount Olive, five members. And y'all talking about y'all Christians? God ain't, ain't in this Christian thing. All y'all need to just join one church. All y'all need to just give up. God is not in Mount Dora. Look at Willie Cow Church, few members. God ain't in Mount Dora. Won't y'all give up this Christian walk? He's not here. Too many small churches. Y'all join one. But the new churches that are starting, they're packed. Y'all doing something wrong. Y'all been in existence for years. How could that be? Don't allow discouragement to seep in. Don't try to compare your ministry with anybody else's ministry. You have to go to a rock that's higher than you. And that's Jesus, amen? So, when we're tempted to be discouraged, we have to go to Christ about everything, but specifically pray for your ministry. 
See, we often talk about moving forward in sound doctrine. And Satan knows this. But he desires for us to live in a state of mind of being discouraged. So what does he do every week? He shows us low attendance and Bible study, and he tries to do it through church service. Man, you're coming out all the time, setting up all these chairs, you're praying, and there ain't nothing happening. He tries to show us in participation. No one's doing nothing. They're just complaining. What are they contributing to the ministry? 1 John 4 and 4, the latter part says, but greater is he that's what? Within me. Than he that's what? In the world. What's in the world? Discouragement. But who's greater? God is greater. What you have to do is ask God, how are you going to use me to contribute to the upbuilding of your kingdom through the ministry that you have me in? While you're doing that, the adversary is always going to try to show you something what's lacking. But we know that everything's going to go down, but what? The word of God. Is that being preached and taught? Psalms 84 and 11 says, he withholds nothing. God withholds nothing good for them that what? Walk upright. Amen? If it's good for sound doctrine, guess what? God's not going to withhold it. Amen? Don't look for certain people to be here. If it's good, God ain't going to withhold it. That's not saying who left is bad because God may have them doing good somewhere else. But don't us try to seek and force and wish and hope. No, God withhold nothing good from those that walk upright. If it's good for our ministry, boy, God will have it here. We just got to make sure that we right. Amen? Would you want God, God to bring people in here and we all messed up? We not on one accord? No. Romans 4 and 17 says, call those things which be not as if they were. How many of us are doing that? How many of us are speaking those things? that we want in our ministry, that are not as if they are? Well, how many times are we looking at discouragement coming in and letting that fester in our lives? As much discouragement that the adversary presents is more encouragement through the word of God that's available. Which one are you going to eat? You know, Pastor Ward and I often talk at the Bible study in church, and one thing he often reminds me, man, we got to stay the course. We got to just stay the course. And often, my response is, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. How could I say that with such soundness, that we're going to be all right if I walk go by sight? Because I know who's in control. God's in control. We can't add one cubic to our statue. That's the word. So he said, why worry about those things? What you're going to eat, what you're going to eat. He said, why worry about it? You can't add one cubic to your statue. You know, I remember times, examples in my life where I was fussing my kids and be, why you always asking? Why you always asking for that? 
I'm trying to get headaches arguing, then I still give it to them. So then why waste time arguing? Got a headache, high blood pressure, and I still did what? Gave it to them. I might well save all the headaches and high blood pressure and just gave it to them. It makes no sense. So he's saying, no, you can't add one cube to your stature. Why worry about that stuff? Don't let the adversary discourage you. I'm in control. I have to just make sure that I'm playing my role that God had me to play in this ministry. You got to be honest with God, amen, about how you feel, about being a part of this ministry, whether it's good or whether you see a lot of improvements that need to be done. What we need to do is ask God, how can you use me? Amen. In those areas of concern that I have. Instead of letting the adversary show me the area of improvement and they complain about it. I often tell teachers, when you come to me, buy some complaints, have some suggestions. If not, don't even come to me. Because then I can say what needs to be done. But then it, it make me want to motivate me to do it more. If you say, I see this thing that needs to be done. This is what I can contribute to it being done. I'm like, man, you're on board. You ain't just doing this here. But you're willing to get in there and work. Look at Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. See, this, they had opposition to the wall being built. A lot of opposition. And the adversary tries to give us opposition that we're not going to grow, that the church is not going to be, the building is not going to be put up, that we're going to be at the same level. It said, and I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. That means he's, he's awesome. The Lord that is great and terrible, and fight for your brother and your sons, and your daughter and your wives, and your, ho your, ho your houses. In other words, he's saying now, out of all this opposition, you got to keep in remembrance that who's in control. God is. God is in control of this. You're going to have opposition that says this can't be done, that can't be done. What you got to realize, though, that if opposition comes and says that, those natural amenities and sound doctrine ministry won't be put in place in 15 years. They're not. If we grow spiritually, what's the loss? See, we got to separate spirit and flesh. We look at wrong things as upward mobility. You know people look at church buildings to decide if they're going to join ministries or not? At buildings. If a storm comes, the building's gone. But your soul's going to be there. And so we can't allow those discouragements to come in. We have to meditate and focus on God's purposes for our lives. But many of us focus on people's purposes in our lives. We heard that little children, he got a head like a preacher. And so when he grew up, he tried to be a preacher. Because head like one. What's God's purpose for you? Everybody who joined the church, that's a man. What did they put him at first? Usher. 
right away, first week. May not even know how to spell Jesus, but it put him there first. We got to seek God's purposes. Amen for our lives. Think about this simple reminder. If heaven or living in the presence of Christ forever, where they are no more worrying about kids, spouse, health, finances, murder, stealing, lying, cheating, gossiping, lack of any sense of the word, do you think it's going to be a cakewalk? If we're going to go there and have none of that, Psalms 34 and 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Of the who? Righteous. But what? God delivered them out how many of them? All. What you got to be discouraged for? God delivers us from that. God delivered from all. Now, he said, many are the afflictions of the what? Righteous. Why he didn't say none saved? He said righteous. Because what? The righteous have a benefit in accepting Christ. Christ delivers us out of them all. Unrighteous saying, I don't believe in who you are, who Jesus is, what you said, what you promised. So I'm on my own. Well, that's a bad place to be. So look at this and realize that God delivers us out of them all. Philippians 1 and 14 says, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word um, without fear. Here Paul saying, I'm in prison. If anyone should be discouraged, it should have been what? Him. Yet and still, while he was in there, he was encouraging other people. He was looking for himself. And he said, because of that, I've encouraged others to speak more boldly in the word, no matter what the consequence may be on them, they're going to speak it with confidence. Shouldn't that be how we live as Christians? When the adversary brings us discouragement in our personal lives, specifically in this ministry, say, man, listen, God gave me another day to live. I ain't going to fall for what you're saying. I know how God, good God's been to me. Paul knew God had a purpose for him. Genesis 50 and 20 says, Joseph was telling his brothers who tried to kill him, he said, what you meant for my bad, God meant it for good. What the adversary means for our bad to discourage us, God has it for our what? Good. But we can make it bad if we submit to what the adversary presented to us. But if we know that God is in control, Whatever he meant mean for our bad to discourage us, God means it for our good. But you got to endure until the end. The same shall be saved. I'm glad, and I humbly say this, that the word of God had been my motivation and my drive. But it wasn't always that way. Boy, the piano playing wasn't playing good. I wouldn't do this here. I'm tip out the church. That got me excited. But now it's the word. And so because I'm aware of those things, that's what encourages me and drives me and moves me is the word of God. Not anything else. 
yes, it's good if you have every, you know, those atmosphere settings um, are a plus. But if it's still without the word, I don't need it. So here Joseph was telling them, what you meant for my bad, God meant for my good. And his brothers ended up being under him. Being under him. Turn to Hosea. Chapter 1. And we're talking about God is greater than discouragement. Hosea chapter 1. Verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Hosea, the son of, I'm not going to say all these names right, Barry in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, the king of Judah, in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. Verse 2, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, let me say it again, and the Lord said to Hosea, go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. God told him to go marry a prostitute that's going to have kids, and you take care of them kids too. Now, you tell me what's more discouraging than that. Tell you go marry a prostitute, and she's going to have kids, and you're going to take care of them. You know what I'm saying? She's going to have kids out there sleeping, and you're going to take care of them. Now, how many of y'all say that's Satan? I said, man, that devil ain't God. Dang, what's encouraging in that? Where's the encouragement in that? Many of us got attacked highly from people we dated. Yet alone marry someone who's a prostitute. God told you to do that. So now how much more ridicule would you receive if God told you to go marry a popular prostitute? Would you do it? Or would you be so discouraged of the abuse you might receive from family and friends and you don't do what God told you to do? Told him to go do that. But because of not walking by sight, walking by faith, believing in who God is, Jesus is, what they said, what they promised, because of realizing that obedience is better than sacrifice, look at chapter 3. Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. So I bought her to me 50 silver pieces of silver for and a homer and barley, and a half homer of barley. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot. Thou shalt not be for another man. So I will also be for thee. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, and without a prince, and without a sacrifice, and without image, and without an ephod, without a terebrim. Afterwards shall the children of Israel return, and seek the Lord their God, 
and David their king, and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. So in the end, being obedient to God, did it pay off? Pays off. We got to just stay the course. If you believe that God has sent you here to be a part of this ministry, be a part the way that God wants you to. Give contributions in your uh, um, creative, creative, uh, cr creative mind of, of upbuilding um, um, the church environment, um, upbuilding the order of serving, upbuilding, strengthening present ministries or ministries to come. Pray for your church. Come in here early when I'm setting the chairs up and pray for everybody to get in here. There's always something we can do. Amen? Instead of allowing discouragement to come in and we speak doubt on the very ministry that we come to every week. What sense is that? If I go to a dirty, filthy house every day complaining about it, shouldn't I clean it up? Or just shut up one? Don't complain about it. Clean it up. Be a, clean it up. Uh, uh, beautify. Freshen it up. And so that's what we have to do while we are in this ministry. So God told him, go marry a prostitute. Take your kids and not yours. If we tell our spouse God told us, if we told uh, our family and our spouse that God told us that, they'll say, what God you serving? God didn't tell you that. And many people say that to us now. God didn't tell you that. God didn't tell you to stay in that ministry. God, I know he told you to leave. All these years, ain't no brick on the building yet, on the land. All these years, look how many left and came. They ain't of God. Remember, you have to give an answer for the hope that's within you. You got to know why God has you here. And if God has you here and you know that without a doubt, man, walk into the joy of the Lord and just come in here with praise and thanksgiving. Get that word applied in your life. Share it with others. And remember, God's going to add to this church daily. As he see fit, see, I be saved. We don't want a lot of hooligans in here. I want people to be on one accord. Who, when I'm down, they ain't going to talk about me. They're going to pray. Man, Minister Hart, having a tough time now. Let me pray about him. They ain't going to get out here and get, hey, man, you heard what he going through? He supposed to be a preacher. See, I don't want them there. Only time I want them here, if it's examples of what not to do. But just to be here, just to cause turmoil, man, we don't want that. So how much discouragement has the adversary placed in your spirit? Do you believe obedience is better than sacrifice? This person had to sacrifice something. Going out there knowing to be ridiculed. But he was obedient. Was it better than his sacrifice? Yes. God delivered him out of that. And so that was just a 
quick word of encouragement that God is greater than our discouragement. And a lot of it is, it's, that's in general, but specifically to this ministry. Don't allow coming every week and you don't see all the shelves packed and you see a few of us. Don't worry about that. If you know God has brought you here and you know a word is here and you know Brother Seaton is playing those songs that are ministering to us, man, that's a pleasant environment to be in. You take that and you go out there to the world and let that live through you. And as God sees fit, he'll bring them in. But in the midst of all that, you ask him, God, use me this day. Use me this week. Use me this year. And sound doctrine ministry to play a vital role according to you. God, let it not be of my own understanding. Not let it be what someone told me unless it's confirmed, God, what they told me. Use me, Father God. And, in, and, and with that, Father God, I'm fully sold out for you through this ministry. I'm not going to let nothing else discourage me because they're all going down. I know I'm getting the word there. And from that foundation, everything else will be added unto you. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Always abounding in the word of God, knowing that our labor is not what? In vain. God's word for God's people. Give him a hand, cup of praise.